Things unabated. That's yeah. the new word, unabated. That's kind of too big a word. That's like mayonnaise. I'm assuming that's a bigger Hello, everyone, and welcome on into the Unabated Podcast, the sharpest podcast in sports betting. I think that's fair to say, guys. And you know what? If you're here with us today, don't forget to check out unabated.com, especially because this week, if you're listening to this, hopefully around the time that this podcast drops, you still can take advantage of our Black Friday deal. Normally, to get a deal like this, you're going to have to go and camp out in front of Rufus's apartment, but instead this week, you can save yourself from the cold and instead just head on over to unabated.com, and if you are a new user, you can scoop up the best deal that you are going to find this season, 50% off your first month of Unabated, so don't miss out. Now is the perfect time to sign up. I'm Thomas Viola, and as always, I am joined today by none other than the whole crew. We've got Captain Jack, Peter Jennings, and Rufus Peabody here today for a fantastic conversation. And guys, let's get it started off right here. We're recording this bright and early on Tuesday morning, which means many people, as we're talking, are waking up right now to find out that their Argentina spread bets are absolutely dead and buried in the World Cup. One of the biggest upsets that we've really ever seen on the World Cup stage here, Saudi Arabia 25-1 to 1, gets the job done and beats Argentina outright 2-1. to 1. Rufus, any chance you had them in this game? Um, I, I actually did, and I'm not going to like say that I'm a soccer expert or anything like that, but we, um, I just used the Nate Silver stuff, uh, which had worked well, which worked well the previous World Cups for me, so, mm-hmm. and for election betting, um, and just betting the big edges there, and so... I wish I had taken the 25 to one, but uh, we took plus two instead. I mean, we all wish we took the 25 to one or even the, I think it was up to what, 90 to one when they were down one zero in the middle of the game. But that would have required me being awake at two in the morning to watch it. And now I wish I had, but that was just absolutely not happening here. But guys, uh, any excitement for the World Cup so far? We're a couple days in here. United States and Wales drew one one yesterday. Even maybe not from a betting standpoint, from but just from a standpoint of watching it. Have you tuned in at all? No. Yeah, I, wa- I watched, watched the U.S. Of- match. Yeah, I watched a little of the U.S. match, and there are some big DFS contests too. Uh, had some friends ship some some big wins on that. So uh, there's a lot of ways to speculate on the World Cup, and uh, yeah, it's it's definitely fun. The DFS format I think is great, and obviously it's huge for betting. Yeah, I, I think that that's a really I- interesting way to look at it, especially because I I don't come from the DFS side when it comes to soccer. I was never much of a fantasy soccer guy because the format is just so much different than fantasy football. Like in fantasy soccer, you're just picking your team and th- there's no draft. Everybody could have the same team if they so decided. And you're in a season-long pool where you're just trying to accrue the most points week to week rather than the head-to-head and I was always confused by that, or maybe not confused, but didn't like it as much. But it's good to hear that the DFS side is prospering for you so far in this World Cup, Peter. And I also wanted to ask you a specific question here, because it's also definitely in the current events section of the week. The NFL MVP award. AP announced this week a change to the format of voting for it. It's no longer just one person, one vote. You now get to essentially rank your top five choices is that going to affect any any of the people that have already started betting on this because obviously this is this prop has been open for most of the summer into the season do you think that the change in voting affects how you would handicap it out and put some people who've already put the money down in a bad spot 
Well, it could work both ways if you've already put money down. But yeah, I think it's a good change. I mean, the NBA does this already, um, and they basically have a point system for for the votes. Uh, they get 10 points for first place, seven for second place, five for third place, three for fourth place, and one point for the fifth place vote. I believe it's still unclear how they're going to rank or if they're, they're going to use a point system for the NFL, but they are getting uh, multiple votes, I believe five. So hopefully they'll do a similar system. And I think it's better. I think, you know, sometimes it's really close uh, between a couple candidates and being able to rank them makes sense. Um, I do think there are certain players that are very unlikely to be left off ballots. And then there's a couple guys that maybe certain people would leave off. Tua comes to mind as someone that I could see people having a pretty wide range uh, in terms of where they, they rank him. Um, but yeah, the MVP voting has swung quite a bit. I mean, if you just look at the odds, uh, Hertz really got, you know, kind of in the conversation when the Eagles were still undefeated, then his odds plummeted after their first loss. Josh Allen was the favorite at one point in time. Uh, then he had that bad game. Uh, they lost uh, to the Jets and, and everything else. So his odds have moved around. And now Patrick Mahomes, after a really big Island game win, is the clear favorite. So um the odds have moved a lot and i think really those three plus maybe tua are the ones that can still win everyone else is like plus 2000 or more to me i still see a little bit of value on jalen hurts uh he's probably the the one guy that i think you can still find some good prices on he kind of ranges between plus 500 and plus 800 if you can get near that plus 800 number i think it makes sense especially if the eagles went out and have the best record uh in the nfl um in mahomes maybe sputters a bit but it's those three, and I do think that the rule change is good for the MVP long term. So what you're saying is I shouldn't put money down. There's no value on Zach Wilson MVP. Zach Wilson is he going to even? I mean, did they announce that he's going to start one more game, or uh, he might not be playing the rest of the year? I mean, it's it's ugly for for Zach Wilson. The Jets I, I, team's pretty good outside of Wilson, I think. Yeah, as a Jets fan, fingers crossed that he doesn't play. But I think they're going to give him this week. The, Robert Sala came out yesterday and said, "Oh, I'm not." picking a starter like I'm not I'm not uh, Zach Wilson isn't guaranteed the job right now essentially that's not what the quote was but it was something along those lines and I I think the code was just this is a wake-up call like he can get yanked and I think they're going to give him one more start against the Bears and if he's looking bad at halftime I wouldn't be surprised to see him pulled I'm sure that they activate all three quarterbacks and Mike White and Joe Flacco for this game the good news for him is it is the Bears and if you want to go up against the defense right now to try and fix what ails you, that's probably the defense to do it against. But have you guys seen the uh, meme that's been going around about the coin? If you remember last year, there was a coin that was predicting, I want to say the Cowboys season, and it was right through a ridiculous number of games. The coin is back, and it is predicting the Jets to go to the AFC Championship. It is still accurately predicted every single Jets game so far this season. It's undefeated. So uh, a Jets fan was telling me about this and and they were like, yeah, we're going to lose this week because of the coin. Yep. I was like, you really think you're going to the AFC championship game? Um, but I was wondering if the coin has predicted all teams records and, you know, we're, we're, we're just, we're just finding the, yeah. I, I don't know. Did it, did it, did it predict every game or did it do each team separately? Like, cause it might've had like the Patriots losing to the Jets and then the Jets losing to the Patriots. If it just did it schedule by schedule. I, I don't think so, but you could be right there. They could just be uh they, they could just be backdating it. But I'm I'm pretty sure I saw the original meme going around over the summer and it was just the Jets that we saw even then. So it was before it was even starting to be right. So so this coin decided only to flip for the 
Cowboys last year and only to flip for the Jets this year? I believe so. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I think that's it's the I mean, that's the only one where the memes going to go around because it's, those are the only ones where it's been accurate, probably. Mm -hmm. So, right. I agree with Rufus. Very dumb simulation, basically. One I, simulation. I mean, of course it's a dumb simulation. It's a coin flip here. It, it, it's one step below uh, if I just ran the whole season in Madden. With it every team that. having equal yeah. talent. Yeah. Interestingly enough, though, the uh, Falcons did adopt a Madden strategy, and it actually worked out in the NFL. Uh, something I didn't see coming, but the, the go-to strat in Madden when you do a fantasy draft is to draft Cordero Patterson and then move him to halfback. And wouldn't you know, the Falcons actually went and did that and ended up working out pretty well for them so far. But guys, let's move on to our topic of the show today because it's a good one. I'm excited to have this conversation with y'all. And what we want to talk about today is balancing being a professional gambler, being a sharp with doing content creation. Because we see more and more people, including the four of us on this podcast here, three of whom are sharp individuals, we see more people doing podcasts, starting to create content and get their word out there, whether it is good or bad gambling advice. And sports betting is all about edges and angles. It's about maximizing your advantages over the book. So many of the world's best bettors guard their edges and angles tightly. Is secrecy is part of how you maintain that. Here at Unabated, though, part of what we're doing is trying to share this information and inform bettors, which increases the speed at which some of these advantages go away. So how do you guys, as professional bettors, maintain a balance of safeguarding your edges, creating content for this show, and creating things like the tools that we have here at Unabated? Jack, I'll start with you here. Yeah, well, first let me say that I think there are a lot of topics in sports betting that don't have to be about an angle. Uh, that's, that's what I started with because there's so much evergreen um, – groundwork that could be laid to make you a stronger better that you don't need to get into the specifics of how to beat this sport you kind of get into the specifics of how to read a market how to spot inefficiency how to uh, find it for yourself instead of spoon feeding people and that's what i've always been all about now yes i do have certain angles that i tend to protect i don't talk directly about them but i don't mind talking obtusely about them and saying, you know, look, when you go and create a model for beating something, you don't approach it by picking the, the known angles, the known metrics out there that would contribute to a play. That Those are already going to be known by everyone, including the other bettors, including the odds makers, including whoever's moving the market. You need to look into areas where possibly there are things that aren't published on a website that aren't available to the general public that don't get factored in as much. And you tend to go ahead and try to exploit them. Uh, so I don't name exactly what I'm doing, but I'm giving you enough of a clue to say, oh, okay, I need to look in the shadows to find out where uh, you know some data can be found, or I need to compile my own data and approach it that way. And in that case, you know, I can talk all day long about X, Y, and Z and never give away my exact angle. Um, am I helping people get closer to where I am? Sure, but markets tend towards efficiency in the first place. So I need to approach anything I do in thinking that this won't last, which has kind of driven a lot of the content that I provided over the years. And uh, it'll drive me in the future as well. Interesting. So 
when when it comes to kind of trying to balance that, like you said, giving a little bit but not giving giving away the whole enchilada, how is it that you start to decide on where you want to go? Like, like where is the line for you? I think the line is in approaching something and saying, what value can I give someone without giving away the farm? And there's so much in sports betting that hasn't even ever been talked about. Uh, you know, people ask me, how do you come up with, with new content? It, uh, I, I, how do I not come up with new content? There's, there's just so much about sports betting. The nuance, the, the art of sports betting is so deep that you really can't approach this and think that you're exhausting any one subject. Um, and that's sort of not so much even about sports betting. That's about advantage play in general. Like there's just so much to advantage play. And yeah, do I want to give away the, you know, the, the tips and tricks of how I got down the money, you know, maybe not explicitly, but I don't mind in kind of putting people's minds in process where they can start to uh, suss it out themselves. And I think that's a that's a better way to approach things. And that's how we provide value at Unabated in the Discord, in our live streams, is we're able to talk about a lot of what it actually takes to become a winning sports better. And a lot of it is not following any one formula or any one script. It's about changing the way you approach markets in general and finding your own path. Rufus, what do you think about that? I was muted. I didn't want you guys to hear my cough. Um, no, I, I, so for me, I was first, I was going to say, well, I'm not really a content creator, but then I was like, well, I've had this podcast for a while. So I guess I am. Um, <laughs> I just don't consider myself a content creator. I consider myself a better. Um, but I, I would say bet the process is probably the place to start. And that got its start uh, because Jeff Ma and I both worked at ESPN as predictive analytics experts. And well, he before me, and kind of struggled with with having to say things, having to be really confident and say, this is what's going to happen, having to present narratives and be decisive. When in reality, you know, I'm, this has like a 54.6% chance of how, like this team has a 54.6% chance of covering and I could create any narrative on either side. And so it's kind of a little bit disingenuous. So our our sort of goal was to sort of have, bring intelligent conversation and largely talk about the way we actually think about sports betting and think and approach it. And and I think that's what we've, we've done and continue to do. And, you know, I, I feel like we've been doing it for a while, but we can do it. We, we definitely use specific instances, games, you know, what's going on at the time of year is sort of vehicles to sort of talk about our process. And I think that's kind of that, that's what I enjoy doing. I, I I'm, I less like talking about, you know, what's going to happen in this particular game and more talking about how I think about the game. And so Certainly that makes, <clears throat> sorry, that makes markets, you know, if a lot of people listen and and have a good approach, like learn that, okay, this is, maybe I should approach things this, this way. Um, you're going to have more sharper people in the market. So it's certainly not helping me. But as Jack said, I mean, I really do believe markets tend toward efficiency and you're not going to stop that train. You know, if I'm not talking about some of this stuff, somebody else will. So Certainly, I'm still going to be protective of specific edges of mine. I'm not going to go talk about there. There's a lot I'm not talking about when we talk about golf on any show. You know, I come up with someone wants to know why I like this particular player. I might give a reason, but that's maybe just a little bit part of the. That's a little part of the reason. Yeah, you're um, not telling anybody so, about the crystal ball that you have in your apartment that predicts. Golf yeah, the, the crystal ball that always says bet Patrick Rogers. That one. 
Um, <clears throat> so, you know, it, it's tough though. I think it is tough because you don't, you want to be honest and you want to be helpful to people. Like, I don't want to be hiding things. And that's why I, I'm fine saying that, like, I'm not going to say absolutely everything about my process, but, um, or, or my angles, but, but I think the way to add value is kind of allowing people to sort of talk to them about how to think about problems. And I agree with what Jack said. You have to look at things in a unique way. It's, it's not always about, you, you don't have to be better than the odds makers. You don't have to be better than the market at predicting something. But if you can find something the market isn't capturing that you believe has some value and it's just directionally correct, then, you know, you can win. And you, you, you bring up a really good point there that I want to touch on, on the fact that the difficulty with going from ESPN back to here and back, really the translation with betting is that people want to just hear, okay, who's going to win this week? Falcons are playing the commanders. Are the commanders going to cover four and a half? Tell me yes or no. And the way that you have to approach sports betting, and this goes back into the logic of sports betting by Matthew Davidow. If you haven't read it, read it. It, you're not trying to be right 100% of the time. You're trying to pick out the bets that are going to be right more than X percent of the time. And if you make enough of those bets, you're going to come out on top, right? I mean, I, personally, I would love to be right 100% of the time. I mean, we all would. It's not going to happen, right? Yeah. It's, but but yeah. if you only bet the bets that are right 100% of the time, you're never going to make a single bet. It's true. I mean, I always say... I would love to, I should bet more on my winners and bet less on my losers. Yeah. But sorry, I'm just joking around. Yes. Like if, if it's easy to play armchair quarterback after the fact and say, oh, we should have known that this would, the game played this way, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like it's easy to sort of create a narrative and say, oh yeah, like clearly this was the right side. Yeah. But you know, mm -hmm. you have to think about each team's, their, their sort of distribution of, performance quality is like a bell curve and they could be anywhere on this curve. You don't know exactly where they're going to be. It's what's that whole analogy. You're, you're, you're not shooting with a sniper rifle. You're shooting with like a, a shotgun from a long distance. You're, it, you know, your, your pattern, your, I guess, dispersion is going to be quite spread out. And, and that's kind of how a team's performance is. And that's how a team can like the Cowboys can go from losing to the Packers um, to absolutely, absolutely humiliating the Vikings. Absolutely love that. Uh, both of those teams there decided to do a Jekyll and Hyde for the one week in my survivor pool. Really cool of both of them. But you're you're completely right. Like especially in a game like the NFL, the swings that you can have week to week are so massive, uh, and it, it, it's wild to think about it that way. How inconsistent that market is and part of that is because of sample size you only get 17 chances to look at these teams during the regular season but again it all goes back to that you're you're not looking for bets that are stone cold locks you're looking for bets that are right more than this percent of the time yeah and i would say too i think to me um on the business side like the underlying value of sports betting is entertainment and that's the thing that's going to ultimately drive the most enterprise value and societal value is enhancing the entertainment. And I think collectively, you know, all of us, you know, uh, have a view on how sports books operate and, you know, we want to help people um, do better. And I think a lot of people who are betting for fun, you know, going from losing three or 4% to losing a percent or breaking even, that's very fulfilling. Um, in addition, you know, I think we all are proponents of new types of odds makers. Uh, I'm really excited that we've partnered with the exchanges um, and we're going to continue to 
be on the forefront of partnering and working with innovative people in the space. So I think that's another huge element of what we're doing here at Unabated. And yeah, you know, one of the, the trade-offs I made early in my career when I had a huge edge in DFS was putting out fantasy labs. And it certainly decreased my immediate short-term uh, revenue from playing DFS. I watched edges, you know, go away. And of course it was inevitable that that was going to happen. A bunch of people put out sites and the market's gotten way more efficient, but I learned a lot. And, you know, from a business perspective, you can really compound things. And, and I also like building with other people. So that's part of the trade-off. And uh, on the betting side, you know, the market's always going to evolve. And, you know, I think it's better long-term if it just continues to trend towards, um, you know, enhancing the entertainment value. And like, of course we want people to win, but a big part of it too, is just not pe people not getting fleeced. And I think there's still a huge mm -hmm. opportunity for us at Unabated to help people not just light money on fire. And I've watched that from my friends at country clubs and, you know, people are just betting. They're not even thinking they're, they're just blasting off. And some of these things have huge negative holds. So um, that's another opportunity for us that, you know, of course we're, we're making markets a little more efficient, but we're also just educating people on how to, you know, still enhance their entertainment value, but not just light money on fire. I think that's a really great point because the, the fact is that it, it, it's a very weird inverse correlation or dichotomy here between the fact that this industry is built around people losing money to sports books. If people aren't losing money to sports books, the industry goes away because there are no more books. But if people are getting fleeced and people are just bleeding money, eventually they stop betting and then the industry goes away because people aren't betting anymore. It, it goes both ways there. And I think you absolutely nailed it with the fact that we here at Unabated and you developing Fantasy Labs, all of, the, all of these tools are still meant to help people, like you said, not light money on fire as fast. Because maybe you're not going to become a winning better, but you might at least lose less quickly. And it increases the health of the industry as a whole. Right, Jack? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I talk a lot about the sustainability of this industry and how right now with these operators trying to squeeze the most out of every single customer to the point of basically holding them upside down and shaking and collecting whatever falls out of their pockets, that's not sustainable. You can't have people losing at a 15 plus percent clip and expect them to just continue happily going headlong into that buzzsaw. You need to let them have a good shot. You need to give them a fair gamble. And in sports betting, a fair gamble is an organic 4 to 8% hold. And we see this all the time with any new product that comes out is worse and worse for the consumer. And that's why I kind of like what we're doing at Unabated is we're leveling the playing field a bit. And these operators don't realize it now, but maybe they will in the future. We're helping them. We're helping them get a more educated, sustainable customer. And that customer might still donk off some money to same game parlays or one-sided markets or uh, anytime TDs in a football game. Um, but they're going to be a little bit more price sensitive and the operator is still going to have an edge over those customers, but they're just going to have a more appropriate edge. And I think in time, that'll make itself apparent in this market that the Operators that take a more sustainable approach are the ones that last. The operators that shoot for a fantastical double-digit hold percentage over their customers are going to find that their customers dry up fast and they spent too much money in trying to acquire them because their lifetime value is so short. So look, we offer a lot of unabated, a lot of different tools, a lot of different ways to skin the cat. And I hope that people recognize that, that we're not just an odd screen. We're not just 
a couple calculators. We're not even a content site. You know, we're the content we put out is largely to drive traffic and educate, but that's not the sole thing behind Unabated. The the thing behind Unabated is that you can use all of these tools, like a like a versatile Swiss Army knife, to carve up sports books and make yourself more sustainable. Uh, you can win if you really try. You can break even if you try, and at least you can lose less if you want to try the minimal amount. Rufus, how do you think that this applies to? Oh, you were you going to say something on this? No, I was going to say it's a, like I I completely agree with what um <clears throat> what what Jack and Peter said in terms of like we have tools that if you put in the effort you can be a winning better. Like we're not saying oh we provide things for you to lose less. We sure we do provide things to lose less if you don't put in much effort. Like yeah. line shopping helps you lose less, right? But if you put in the effort with the tools we have, you can win. But just like anything, I mean, there's, it takes, it takes effort. Yeah, you're completely right. It's truly the ultimate distillation of Vegas itself. You get out what you put into it. If you put more in, you're going to get more out at the end of the day. But how do you it think? It takes effort. It takes effort and discipline. And just to summarize, just real quick, so I think it's super important what Jack just said. And at the end of the day, this industry will be super successful because in my view, Having skin in the game, watching sports is the best content in the world. It's so much entertainment value. And it's critical that people can continue to do that. We've seen this work in Europe uh, really, really well, where people aren't losing that much and they're losing slowly. Um, that's a sustainable model. And of course, there has to be winners and people have to have aspiration that they can win. And that's what I'm proud of at Unabated. We've built stuff that if you put in the effort and are disciplined, you can win. Wait, did you say we've see it, seen it work in Europe? I think the Europe uh, there's there's problems in the European I think market, and I know huge problems there, right? right. There are like, huge, there are huge problems, but a lot of these operators have had sustained, you know, they're they're holding less in Europe in certain things, like soccer betting, for example. That's still one of the biggest markets in the world, and you know, people overall are much more educated. There's a ton of problems. I'm not trying to say Europe is like what we're striving for, but it's. Well, I, I was going to say like Europe to me is like an example of kind of how not to do it. I mean, look at all this, the, I mean, the governments get, are getting involved because, you know, all the, I mean, you have to, you have to show proof of income to be able to deposit stuff. I mean, just because the operators have gone so far in terms of like, this is my, you know, noob level of understanding of this, Jack can say more, but, but because problem gambling was becoming such an issue and they, you know, essentially you, you're going to have this sort of nanny state happening, which, I mean, nobody wants to have to submit income forms, but like when it's being promoted, you know, when, when the only people that can bet are degenerate gamblers, that's not, a, to me, that's not a sustainable industry, right? Yeah. I, I, I side with Rufus here. I think Europe has more warning signs to us than uh, proof that this can all be successful. It's successful for the operators to a point. And then luckily the U S kind of came to market and they could run over here and, and try to, you know, rinse and repeat. Um, and now they're going down to South America, they're going to Canada and they're trying to rinse and repeat down there. There's some operators that just will never get it, Peter. They'll just always try to fleece the customers. And I, I fear for over-regulation of this industry. Um, we're getting a little off topic though, in terms of like how we wanted to approach. No, this is good though. This is the content people come for. Well, uh, all, no. I'll, all I'll say is, we look, we, we there's a lot of cleanup still left to do in this industry, and uh, there's many different ways to approach it. We approach it at Unabated in the angle of, let's educate the customer to make the industry more sustainable. 
we need to overrun the regulatory business, the regulatory uh, structure in a lot of this industry as well. We need to we need to change some of these operators and how they approach it. But at Unabated, we start with what we can, and that is you, the consumer, and I think that's a great approach for us so far. Rufus, what do you think about the way that this can apply to things like typical casino games and table games as well? Because everything you see there, it's it's not like they're coming out with a same game parlay tool and you know you could hypothetically find a way around that with the algorithm. Obviously, everything is designed for them to win more money, but especially in table games, everything that comes out is a way to just try and increase that edge, sometimes rather blatantly and sometimes underhandedly. You have you have everything from six to five blackjack to double and now even triple zero roulette. And then you also have other things like some places will start shuffling a deck when the when the count gets hot and a casual better a, a casual player might not even realize it's happening to stack the deck against them even further. Do you think that these same principles apply in that industry? Well, first off, I think we need to have Gina on to talk about to talk I, about that stuff. I was thinking she's, about the same thing. Yeah. Expert. Um, but I mean, I do think like, okay, when I, if I go play blackjack, I'm going to try to card count because I want to, I want to have, even if I'm like most of the time, if I play blackjack, it's when I'm out with friends that want to play and I'm drinking. So my, my, you know, I, I'm not the best counter in that case, but you know, I want to, I want to lose less. Right. And I so, um, as far as, are, are you asking the parallels to sports betting? Yes. Because you're right. I mean, the new products, like you see, when you see these sort of I don't know, double, well, you know, the side bets and stuff. And actually Jack would be, Jack's probably a lot, you know, a much better person to talk about this, much better qualified. But when you see those sort of the, the hot new side bets, um, those are always huge casino edges, unless there's, mm -hmm. I, I'm except every once in a blue moon, they miscalculate things, I would guess, in which case um, there is an edge. But for the most part, it's it's just a license for them to print more money. Is that right, Jack? Yeah, absolutely. Look, blackjack would never be a game that would be created these days. It has way too low of a house edge. It's just kind of grandfathered in. So they try to find ways to pad that edge and they do that through six to five blackjack. They do that through side bets. And hey, sometimes those side bets are exploitable. We went through a phase of that. But I think what's more worrisome in the casino industry is nobody wants to make a game that could potentially be beaten. The, the allure of blackjack is that it can be beaten. That's also what makes it one of the most profitable games for a casino because people try to beat it and fail. There's a, you know, there's, I could go on and on about ways that you think you have an edge in blackjack that you don't really have an edge because you don't have the bankroll or the patience or the perseverance. And I think that's also going to be true of sports betting. Look, sports betting we know is beatable, but there's so many people that think they have some kind of um, Rob Pizzola recently said galaxy brain when coming to approach it, you know, the guy that's on Twitter, that's saying, um, I made this line 49 and a half, but the sports books have it at 46 and a half. They must know something. Therefore I'm betting the under, even though I made the line 49 and a half. Um, and he's the son of a NFL coach. That's the scary part. Um, but that, that whole galaxy brain approach is what is harmful to a lot of betters, whether they be sports betters or casino betters. It's a gambler's fallacy that has sort of evolved into this way of thinking. If if this if this product is beatable, I know how to beat it, irregardless of what is out there in uh, in published uh, knowledge on the subject. And yes, I said irregardless. All right, guys, 
I think that's enough about that. Let's move on here to our listener mailbag section of the show here today. Uh, if you want to get in on the mailbag, head over to unabated.com. Sign up for the Discord. You can drop questions to your heart's content. And if you're already in there, please head on over to the channel in there for the Unabated Podcast listener mailbag. We would always love to have more questions to answer from you guys here. And don't forget, if you head on over to unabated.com today, you will be able to pick up our Black Friday deal, assuming that you're listening to this week of here. Get 50% off your first month at Unabated. Today's question comes from Consolation Goal. One for the podcast and for everyone, of course. If you originate and open, if you if you originate and opening slash current odds don't show value, but the odds eventually move to a point where your number does show sufficient value, do you make that bet? The market is moving against you in that situation, which is typically not a good sign and therefore a bet to avoid. But if you trust your number and process, is it a plus EV bet? Rufus, what do you think? So so I think um I think it can be. And so I, I we know that cl- I mean closing line value the reason it's alluring is because the assumption underlying it is that the closing market is more efficient than the market any point before closing. And so that can be true, but that doesn't mean that every single line move on the way from the opening line move to the closing line move is efficient. I mean, just ask Spanky, right? I mean, there's plenty of market manipulation going on. There's plenty, um, and and not every move is efficient. And so, I mean, again, to, to bring up Matt Davidow's book, um, the logic of sports betting, you know, we, we see, you see like the, the process of price discovery isn't perfect. And there's, and there's opportunities for people to say, Hey, I want to like kind of mess up this process of price discovery because limits are low enough where I can bet the wrong way, move things to a good, you know, move this line to a number that where, where I can fire bigger when they limits go up on the other side. And so those things do happen. The way I would evaluate it is still looking at your closing line value off of those bets, even if you know it moved against you initially. And so, I mean, to, to give you, um, I guess, a, a real life example for me, occasionally like this season for college football, um, there was a stretch where we were betting things and the line was moving against us sort of midweek um, for, for college football point spreads. And then by the weekend, it, it had moved back and further and we were getting we were getting closing line value, but the process to get there wasn't, you know, there was a point in time where we looked like we had bad closing line value or or not closing line value, but current line value, I should say also CLV. So um, I, I would say that I, I would say that the best way to is to still track if, if uh, you're, you're still getting that closing line value um, betting after the line has moved against your number. Jack, what do you think? Uh, my answer would be it depends, and it depends on a bunch of different things. To piggyback on what Rufus was saying, it depends on does this sport have directional value when it comes to line moves. If you're talking one of the major sports, yeah, it probably does. They're they're a little bit more efficient. If you're talking uh, some kind of prop play or some kind of esoteric league or you know ping pong, whatever, uh, no, that definitely probably doesn't have a lot of directional value in the line moves because that could be a very inefficient market. So it depends on that. And secondly, it depends on what did you miss? You know, anytime this happens to me, I pause and I try to figure out what did I miss? Did I miss an injury alert on Twitter? Did I miss um, something the coach said about how he's going to approach this next game? That sort of thing. And I do a lot of NBA and sometimes the NBA can 
can swing wildly based on news information. So I always want to check if I see a line moving against me, did I miss some kind of news information here? And, um, you know, if you take that into consideration, then you have a better chance of figuring out if this still holds value for you or not. But Jack, it's it's not necessarily the line moving against you here. It's just you didn't show value initially and the line moved so you do show value. Which, I mean, your first point, like, which one is, into your first point, like, whether the line, the, the sport ha line moves have directional value, um, can you elaborate on which, which one you want? Because I, I can kind of see an argument for both. Well, all I would say is that if you, you, you were mentioning CLV and CLV in a inefficient sport is somewhat meaningless. It's not as, it's not as directional. It's not as um, indicative as it would be in a major sport that has a bit more efficiency. So if you see a line moving against you, and we're, you know, we're also not talking about what the time scale is here. Is it moving against you late in the day, early in the day, midday? Has there been information asymmetry out there that could move a line? That sort of thing. Um, I would I wouldn't say that that's a hard fast rule. And I think the the poster's question is sort of looking for what's the rule here. And the rule, in my opinion, is it depends. Yeah, I wanted to add something too. Actually, a situation where you could actually have value. I think well, maybe two examples. One back when we used to vet golf via a bunch of different agents that would like hammer um, these lines at, at the same time. There was one stretch actually. I think it was late in 2011 where where we basically went on this crazy run over the course of four months or so where we were hitting about like 72% of our matchup bets. Um, and so we would bet something at minus 110 and the market would move to minus 160, minus 170 because these agents we were going through would piggyback. They're like, oh, this is free money. I'm just going to keep betting it. And, and like we bet something at minus 110. We made the price minus 125. Like, you know, that line gets to minus 170 plus 150. I would love to fire back at the plus 150, but you can't go through the same agents to do that. So, um, so, so there can be over moves. And I think you see that also with some of the right angle sports releases where, because, because they've historically been very good, you know, they're good at the release play, but they may not, you know, if the line moves two points, there probably is value buying, there might be value on the other side. So I think the, the you know, I think you see those types of situations occur um, with, with regularity. Peter, what do you think? Any uh, any thoughts here? I mean, I just defer to these guys. I, I'm not originating anything, so I, you know, and I, I respect what uh, Rufus has the most experience, and obviously Jack, you know, has followed these markets for a long time. The only thing I would say that has additional value is, you know, markets can move too far, and there can be value on the other side. We talked a little bit about this with props uh, on some of our Thursday night streams that. You know, some of these sharp people are releasing plays, people are not paying attention to price, betting it way too far the other way. And so there can be value on the other side. Um, so just be thoughtful about what you're seeing with with line moves. And just because, you know, it's near, you know, the, the time of the event starting doesn't always mean that the closing line is the most efficient line, although broadly, you should be making that assumption. Indeed, even though I feel like every time I have a bet with closing line value, it's a surefire loser. But that's beside the point here. Guys, it has been an absolute pleasure being here with you all today. One more time, if you want to find everybody on the Twitterverse, you can follow Captain Jack at CapJack2000, Peter Jennings at CSURAM88, and Rufus Peabody, of course, at Rufus Peabody. I'm Thomas Viola, TV at work. And don't forget, follow Unabated Sports now on Instagram, too. And don't forget 
to like, subscribe, and share the show. If you're listening to us on YouTube, be sure to like the show. Again, hit that subscribe button. It takes two seconds. It really does help out. If you're viewing us on the podcast platform of your choice, be sure to leave that five-star rating and review for us. Again, it really does help out. And tell your friends that you like the show here, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. And one more time, go to unabated.com. Get yourself a subscription today. If you're a new user, take advantage of our Black Friday sale. 50% off for your first month. You can't beat that deal. You want to talk about a plus EV bet, don't go play 6-5 to five Blackjack. Come and sign up for Unabated today instead. That's all for us here. It has been a pleasure, and we will see you next episode. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.